0: Go thiu kan lingnger i mai, of un ne thyb ka e wy haf hamosthib heitet la i er podgasta.
1: Welcome to ConLangery, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley, uh, with me in... Mike, where are you right now? Right now I'm up in Maine. Okay. From Maine, now, is Mike Lentine, uh, fresh from uh, the uh, the the very... Uh, from the uh, flooded streets of New Jersey uh, and Hurricane Sandy, and over in... Very safe, Orange County, California, we have David J. Peterson. Who is slow clapping for no reason.
0: Maybe that's his new comline, George. Be sensitive.
2: (sighs) Ah, touchdown, Saints.
0: Okay. Ah, okay, okay. That works. Hey, hey, it's good to be here. (laughs) Is that what that clapping meant? Is that like a new comline thing? Oh, man,
2: listen, if it were a con it would, of course, begin like this. Now, did I notice some vowel harmony in there? I think you did, son. I think you did. And you know what? That is a great segue to our topic for today. Today, we are interviewing (laughs) George Corley.
1: No, we are not, because I'm the moderator, supposedly. George, thanks for being on the show. But uh, David is trying to... uh, segue into vowel harmony here uh so vowel harmony um do it do it Aye. anyway so vowel harmony is where some p- particular feature of vowel, uh of vowels gets sort of conditioned by other vowels in the wor- word uh usually um rounding or backness or uh advanced tongue root um which some some people may refer to tense lax uh, 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 in- interchangeably with a, a advanced tongue root, so that's a um, David. You wrote this this intro anyway, didn't you?
2: I think I did. Yeah. That was like <laughs> I was. Okay. This is what vowel harmony is. Let's say that you have a word like uh, lad. This is coming from Scottish English, and let's say you have a suffix like why. If you add it to lad, you get lade, where it comes out as e. Eh. But if you add it to a word that, ends with, uh, that begins with a higher vowel, uh, let's say how about mean? You get meany. This is true. I actually saw this talk. I forget the person to get it. Oh, my God. No, wait. No, I don't. It was Mary Pastor, who is now at, uh, where is she? Where is she? She's, in, she's not at Pomona. She's not at Pomona. She's not at Claremont. She's not at Harvey Mudd. She's at the other one. Anyway, no, it could be Pomona. Anyway, but the point is, this is what this is the usual what happens. Some sort of uh, overbearing characteristic of the vowels of a stem kind of bleeds out into the vowels of a of an affix and changes those vowels accordingly. So that will be the same suffix on two different roots, but due to the characteristics of those roots, the suffixes will be pronounced differently if we're okay. doing suffixes. Okay,
1: so. So that's that's a, a good thing. And uh the the example you gave is uh a height harmony, right? Uh, the Yes. The the vowel becomes plus high because there's a plus high vowel. Um, um where was I going with it? Oh, um now that's something you just mentioned makes me think that I may be doing something wrong because I always thought that like you just apply vowel harmony either progressively or regressively from wherever. Is it usually just affixes that end up getting vowel harmony then?
2: That is usually the case with vowel harmony specifically. Um, you'll see other types of feature spreading that does go um, you know, from the affix to the stem. In particular, uh, secondary articulations... Like pharyngealization and nasalization, uh, you could do a thing where it's like, you know, there's a perfectly non-nasal word in a language, but it takes on a suffix that's a nasalized suffix or has a nasalized vowel, and that nasalization will spread backwards. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually in those types of languages, like, especially with nasalization, it'll spread backwards, it'll spread forwards, it'll spread every which way it possibly can, unless it's blocked by something like um, in the language I'm thinking of, it was always blocked by uh, glottal consonants. Mm. So an, an H or a glottal stop or a glottalized consonant, if there was one, would block the spread of harmony. Uh, but yeah, so with, with vowel harmony, though, um, if it's quality harmony, no, 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 that's actually a bad way to say it. If it's something like rounding harmony or backness harmony or height harmony, mm-hmm. it is usually from stem to affix. Okay. Um, you also see that with ATR harmony, but you do see the opposite. And this is where I'm disappointed that I wasn't able to find some of my resources. But I know for a fact that this happens in Legbo, which is a language that's studied by uh, Jeff Good, who's now at UPenn. Or at least he was at UPenn. He might be somewhere else now. But in Legbo, you will have like you know either plus ATR words or minus ATR words. Um, and they will spread outwards to certain types of affixes. But certain other types of affixes will be designated as, like, you know, minus ATR, and they'll actually spread to the stem.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: in that case, it kind of looks, it, it acts in a way a lot more like tone, uh, which you also see a lot where tone, um, at least for the level tone languages, where uh, the uh, an underlying tone of an affix will also spread to a stem. Either that or you have some sort of underlying um, a vocalic harm uh tonic pattern that needs to be met, and in which case it'll kind of spread across the whole word so it still fits a tonic pattern. Wow. Oh, okay. Well man, now we're getting into tone. We're getting into a ton of stuff. And we haven't even like really started.
1: Yeah. So um let's go back and uh say it again what what kinds of things can get vowel harmony because I think uh people might get a little bit lost. So we listed out already we mentioned rounding backness uh height and uh atr that's advanced tongue root which um I, some people might not be familiar with that term uh it's sort of but not exactly um sort of but not exactly uh, uh the same as tense versus lax it's so the difference between e which would be uh plus atr and then i which would be minus
2: like B and bid.
1: Yeah. B and bid. Yes. Um, uh, so that gives you some sort of an ID idea of, of what we're talking about between, uh, a and a, if I even pronounce that correctly. <laughs> um, so, and, uh, there's also some, sometimes, uh, uh secondary articulations like pharyngealization or nasalization and um often it seems there there's a uh, like some vowels that are neutral that don't participate in the vowel harmony um like uh what finnish well huh. yeah well well here let me uh, let me uh,
2: let me uh, le- I'm going to give this schematically for people uh, that mm-hmm. might be a little more uh, like that might have this in their head and then let's just just jump into the examples that we've got because those are yeah, pretty yeah, good yeah. okay but, so uh, for those that are familiar with distinctive features yes every single vowel has a features assigned to it so for example the ooh vowel you know long and pure ooh it has these features associated with it it's plus high it's plus round it's uh, plus back Yes. And it is plus ATR. Now, uh, you can define all the vowels in a system using these uh, features. Some vowels will have one of these features kind of blank, and they will need to get that feature from another vowel, and that's basically what vowel harmony is. It's spreading one feature to the other. So for mm-hmm. example, uh, if you, you could have like say something that was um, a high vowel uh, that was coming in in an, an affix. A suffix, let's say, and if it was coming after an ooh, it would take its, let's say, round feature from that ooh, yeah. and so it would come out as ooh, whereas yeah. if it was like uh, following an eval, it might take its uh, minus round feature from that and come out as ugh, plus high, minus round, plus ATR, plus back vowel. Yeah. There you go.
1: Now and, uh, um
2: looks like uh somebody's posting a link to a distinctive feature chart which that'll be good.
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll be useful for people to f- figure out. Um now um I think one thing that uh we're going to get into a bunch of example languages, one thing I want to note is all of our examples uh that we have here have not huge but also um Fairly healthy vowel inventories, and I think that's kind of an important thing. You want um, probably uh, all of these have more than five vowels, and which um, is you know a little bit a little bit more than average. Um, I,
2: I think I think six is personally the smallest vowel inventory I know that has like vowel harmony across the language is Six vowels.
1: Hmm. That sounds the uh, that sounds reasonable and one reason that you would end up with it is you end up with a lot of uh secondary cardinals um obviously with turkish you end up with the e vowel and the the uh u vowel both um in opposition with e and u so uh you you that in order to support those you end up having a fairly large uh vowel harmony system which is interesting to me because at this at this moment, I'm trying to develop a three vowel proto lang into a vowel harmony system, which is going to be interesting. <laughs> Sounds like it. It can be done. It can be yeah, done. Yeah, I, I, I just have to find ways to expand the vowel system, which I, I I'm already figuring out ways to do that. So, but um, you know, why don't we actually jump into our examples, um, and and just give Sort of these as, um, uh, sort of case studies in vowel harmony. The first one we have up here is Turkish, which is sort of the default example that, uh, linguistics classes will, will teach vowel harmony using. And, um, it's got, what's it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight vowels, uh, with back and rounding harmony, but the rounding harmony only affects high vowels, which is an interesting, uh, bit, um, which is how you end up with e and, uh, uh, I guess. Um, right. Yeah. So now, uh, David, maybe, maybe you can get away cause I'm not exactly sure. Um, uh, I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to be pronouncing these, uh, words, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so
2: here's just an example of one suffix. This suffix has a high vowel in it,
1: mm-hmm. so
2: all of, all of these are going to have a high vowel, but the high vowel will change its quality depending on the previous vowel, um, but it's all going to be a high vowel followed by N, and this is basically the genitive suffix, which works a little di- differently in Turkish because uh, possessors precede the things that they uh, possess, but you know, mm-hmm. um, so... Uh, so, yeah, just kind of uh, listen for the last part in these. So I'm going to give you first the singular uh, nominative and the singular genitive. First one's the word for rope, which is ip. It's a good word for rope. Mm-hmm. And then of the rope, ipin. Then we have the word for girl is kuz And the word of the girl, kuzun um, Oh! Yeah, kuzun <laughs> the, uh, the word for child is jojuk. Um, and the word for of the child is jojuun. Um, and then the last we have "gü", um, which is village, and then of the village is of See, the that's, village.
1: That's why I had David pronounce those because the, that confuses me that uh, the the "ü" vowel in Turkish is represented with a dotless "i." <laughs>
0: yeah, basically,
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of interesting. Like, I, I to me, it seems like the obvious choice should have been an "i" with an umlaut. I mean, wouldn't that make sense? Mm. Because it's like you have you have U, and then the funny U has two dots over over it. Then you have E, and then the funny E should have two dots over it. So it makes sense to me.
1: That sounds. Hmm. That sounds reasonable to me. But uh, so anyway. Um. Oh yeah. Oh, the low vowels. The low vowels are a little bit easier.
2: Uh, mm-hmm. So let's do those because the suffix is just L vowel R. It's mm-hmm. either Ler or lar, depending on whether the the previous vowel is front uh, or back. So it's, this is the same set of words, but now it's nominative plural. So ropes, ypler, girls, gzlar, children, chojuklar, and villages, kuyler.
1: Okay, so there you go. Um, so that's basically the the it's 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 the, the it's determining plus or minus back. Um, right. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, We talked about distinctive features here. Uh, we've, distinctive features is a framework, but I think it's very valuable if you're trying to figure out this specific type of language, a vowel harmony language. And you might, if you're, since you're working with distinctive features, you might want to kind of draw out uh, a full chart of your, the vowels that you have. Yes. just to get an idea of what features will be useful in oppositions. Usually you're going to have both front and back vowels. Usually you're going to have high and low vowels, but, um, you know, you, 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 uh, you just want to see what vowels are what and, and, uh, see what features you can, you can, uh, stick, um, vowel harmony on.
2: Yeah. And now, actually, since we brought it up, uh, hold on to your thing, uh, cause it's going to be good. But, um, the uh, with distinctive features, yeah, it's a framework. Um, it's very, very useful for phonology. Um, and if you're wondering, well, it's like, well, what's what's you know, what's the downfall of this? Because distinctive features work so well. It's terrible in getting you to figure out how things are actually pronounced. Because yes. I swear. You know, no matter how many times you see the phonetic description, when you actually hear it, it's like, oh, dude, that's nowhere close to what I thought it was. You know, just going by the features, and it's like, Ugh, yeah, what can we do?
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: this is,
1: this, is, this is why I have so much trouble with the the, the IPA vowel that is that is represented as a backward C. Oh, I yeah. always when I think oh. of, of it I want to oh. say all oh, all oh. but in English it's not as I oh. don't think it's it's all oh, all oh. it's not nearly as heavily rounded as I want it to be. So yeah. I always mishear it.
0: Yeah, not only that.
2: None of our vowels are as vowel as they sh- as they could be in other languages. They're not all just, sure. They're just pulled towards the center.
1: Yeah, just, uh, uh, definitely uh uh English the are we don't have an ooh, we have uh oo, we ooh. have something sort of centralized with that, this oo, ooh, this oo which is not anything like it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, go to pass. Yeah. I was just going to say if you're to pass English with say a pure uh ooh vowel in spanish something and you said you you'd say you know you you are yeah, yeah. to through, through very different yeah. sounding
1: uh, yeah it's it it would it would end up sounding sounds like like a, a, a foreigner speaking english but anyway that's a a little tangent but yeah, I, it, uh, it is it is it, i think it is uh important to think about that because i think sometimes i think sometimes uh and I'm probably guilty of this as well, as con just kind of say what vowels they have, and sometimes that's not enough, because sometimes different languages just have little tweaks to vowels uh, that, that are slightly different.
2: Yeah, except for Spanish, which, of course, it's just you know.:
1: <laughs> Well, because Spanish has that nice, clean five-vowel system that
2: yeah, it's crazy. It seems fake. Honestly, Spanish <laughs> <laughs> needs to get its act together. It looks like a fake conling.
0: Uh. Anyway, so um, here's a question. Sure. So if the if the stem is what drives the you know what dictates or informs the rest of the affixes, are there are all the stems agreeing in those, or will you have a stem where there's one high, one low, and it's either the most
2: anterior, or the most posterior, one of those two? Uh, so in the case of Turkish. Turkish is an exclusively suffixing language. It doesn't have any prefixes, um, and usually, it is going to be the vowel that's closest. That's going to be the one that drives the harmony. So, mm-hmm. um, for uh, uh, and you do, and the question is uh, about disharmonic roots, and it's, yes, you do get disharmonic roots in Turkish. Most of them are borrowings, mm-hmm. um, and so, like uh, one uh, really uh, obvious one is uh, the word for book in Turkish, which is uh, kitap. It comes from Arabic, of course. And if it were properly a uh, harmonic root, it should either be qidip or qutab, But
0: it's yeah, neither.
2: Yeah. It's kitap. Uh, but at, that said, what it does is it gets back vowel harmony because the most recent vowel is a. But since you have brought it up, and this is really important, when, uh, I think a lot of times when, uh, when conlingers get into vowel harmony, um, and this is true of me when I first started, the, um, the overriding urge is to make it work absolutely perfectly, mm-hmm. but uh, in fact, as it is basically in every vowel harmony language you'll ever encounter, there are always exemp- uh, exemptions, there are always counterexamples, there are always things that just don't quite fit, and this includes Turkish, who uh, I think of all the languages I've ever seen has the simplest and clearest vowel harmony system. Uh, even so, there are these really bizarre things. So, for example, uh, you know, Michael just asked about, you know, is it the most recent vowel that triggers the harmony? And the, the answer is yes. But, uh-huh. weirdest thing in the world, Turkish also has consonants that drive harmony. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just it's like, what? But it's uh-huh. true. Uh, so, um, they have an example. These are all from borrowings, usually. So, uh, you know, there are obviously a ton of Arabic borrowings into Turkish, and um, one of these, uh, in in, in uh, basically every language that has to borrow from Arabic, most of them don't have this uvular stop, uh, mm-hmm. spelled with a Q, and so they all have to deal with the fact that Arabic has this Q that they're borrowing from, and it's one way or another. What Turkish does is it renders K and Q exactly the same, they're both spelled with K, uh, but Oddly enough, if it borrows from a word that ended with an Arabic K, whatever the vowels are, it takes front-bell harmony. If it borrowed a word that ended in a Turkish Q, whatever the vowels are, it takes back-bell harmony. Uh,
1: an Arabic Q. Huh.
2: An Arabic Q. Yeah, even though they're both spelled with K in Turkish, uh, and even though they, they both sound the same and look the same, it's just at this point you know, you'd have to say it's not phonetic. It's purely morphological. It's something you have to memorize. It's like, oh, this is one of those words that ends with a k that triggers front vowel harmony, and this is one that triggers back vowel harmony. That's uh,
1: that it's is really weird because, yeah. <laughs> like, I can actually see where this could come from. Right. So you could yeah. think, um, you know, the that uvular stop k k does tend to pull vowels sort of l- lower into the back. Yeah. So, um, you could think maybe at some point historically there were a lot of people who were bilingual in Turkish and Arabic and were pronouncing that "q" correctly, mm-hmm. which caused them to pull vowels back. This is right. this is all hypothetical, which which would cause that, but that's the only way I could think of that uh that um that happening. But it, it's it's uh interesting to see. Somehow the phonetics uh, the, the phonology of another language that you're borrowing from affecting your own language. That's an interesting yeah. bit.
2: Yeah, it is speculation, and I'm sure that the specific details of it are probably muddier. But that's I, that's probably the answer, though. Yeah, yeah because a, that's that's an active um, that's an active feature of at least modern standard Arabic. That's something that you just have to learn. Usually, they don't even teach it to you because you just listen and you repeat. Mm -hmm. But basically, like uh, there are a certain number of consonants in Arabic which are considered like back consonants. I forget what the Arabic term for it is, but um, like in particular with the vowel alef, which is the low vowel in Arabic, it's so noticeable. Because in it, be, after all these other consonants that aren't back consonants, it sounds like our English a and apple. So like, you know, say, yeah, uh it's sorry, like kaf, which is the the name for the um uh letter K in Arabic. And it sounds so different when it comes after the back consonants. Um mm-hmm. so the the word oh. for the letter q is um It's yeah. not kaf, it's kaf. And yeah. that's, that's just the way it is.
1: And uh it's funny that, that, uh, you're thinking, that we're thinking this way because this is actually, uh, one, one thing that I'm planning on, uh, on using to, uh, increase my vowel inventory for, for the language that I mentioned earlier is it has, uh, and it will, the proto-lang will have a pharyngeal, uh, ha uh, uh, um, and those will, Pull. I think I, I'm going to make them, like, pull high vowels down. I'm not sure if that is, um, more likely or more or less likely than pulling them back. I'll have to think about it, but, um. Uh, no, pulling them down,
2: pulling them down is more likely.
1: Okay. Uh, so, oh, yeah, so well, uh, it would pull the high vowels down, and then I would have, uh, the pharyngeal turn into a plain H, which would render that phonemic. Or, I could leave the pharyngeal in and make
0: vowel harmony make it ph- phonemic. Uh, With, um... um mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my Sorry. No, I was just going to say that um one way that all this ties in is that, you know, we didn't really mention, but um vowel harmony is a long-distance assimilation. Yes. And all these more... All these, uh you know, consonant examples that we've been giving in Arabic and the language you're talking about are assimilation. They're, uh, it's not really right. vowel harmony, so to speak. um Like the cop versus kef. Um, right. you know, variant, variation, but uh, yeah, assimilation. I think that's totally possible. On that um, d- distinctive features chart, it shows also some other features that may have correlations between vowels and consonants.
2: Yeah, oh, you know, that's something that we actually should have mentioned in the beginning. Vowel harmony itself is basically a sub branch, or it's like you know, of assimilation. So it's you yes. know, it's just it's a version, it's a type of assimilation. Um yeah. just as you know, specific type. Uh, it's pervasive in certain languages, so anyway, um, but yeah just uh, so um, if, if you we it looks like we 're going to have some links to uh, various Turkish uh, sites that you can go look at. There are some other consonants that play a role uh, in vowel harmony in determining whether things get uh, back vowel uh, suffixes or front vowel suffixes so um, it's really interesting to look at because a lot of times. It has to do with loan words, uh, which is, I think, kind of uh, bizarre to think that, you know, a word that's being borrowed into your language can have such a powerful effect on it that it, like, changes the usual order of uh, the way that you do phonology. I think it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's that's that's an interesting thing to, to think that, um, that loan words can have that strong of an effect. You, don't, you think of loan words being phonologically modified, Right to like bow into
2: your language. own system, right?
1: But um, you don't think about we don't think about uh, the, the effect of loan words on the uh, the target um, language, the, the borrowing language. So uh, I think that's maybe something that uh, that can inspire some con kind of language to
0: do some more interesting things. Um, Part of this um, could be that it's kind of like I think it could also be viewed as your language is kind of growing and, and you know, um, acquiring those loan words, and it's using the facets of what it has already there and kind of growing into the nooks and crannies of the, acu- of the assimilated word. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting to think, hmm, well, how can my language use what it has and kind of co-opt what's there? How can it interface in a new and interesting way with this word mm-hmm. that maybe it hasn't seen before?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well... We, English does uh, borrow uh, number marking from other languages, plural marking from other languages, yeah. sometimes in bizarre ways in that we borrow the, that, that Latin E ending and then use it on uh, Latinate roots that never had it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And, <laughs> but, and cactus uh, and yeah.
2: cacti. Yeah. yeah. Moose and moose-eye.
1: Oh, yeah. Who says moose-eye? Most people. Where are you from? I think it's usually Moose for me.
2: <laughs> you you never you never seen that show uh, Moose Eye for the Elk Guy?
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, why don't we talk a- about um, this uh, Moro? Uh, sort of our second little case study. Uh, oh, this one. one it's got six vowels again. Um, it, ha- yeah. it, it has uh, height harmony, but it looks like um unlike Turkish it's um it's a it has prefixes and the vowel harmony is regressive. Uh
2: mm. yeah it's it's from the stem outward and um it it also has suffixes. So this is a language with prefixes and suffixes.
1: Okay uh, so it can it can affect the suffix too then. Okay. Uh
2: yeah but sometimes it doesn't. Uh mm. in fact here Hold on a second. Uh, you, talk amongst yourselves while I mute and type.
0: Talky, talky, talky. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but I was thinking about, um, and I know this is mainly a vowel harmony, episode, uh, you know, episode of Conlangery, but um, <clears throat> other other assimilations, I think, really can help give a, diff- a depth to your words and kind of make them hang together a little more. Yeah. I was thinking of doing. Um, Something like an assimilation, I guess, not consonant harmony because there are too many of them, but something with like we were talking about earlier—the consonants maybe um, making an underspecified vowel fall one way or the other off that underspecified fence—and mm-hmm. uh, I think yeah. that could really give you. So it sounds a little bit less like beads on a sp- beads on a string, yes. and you're always hearing the same the same uh, syllable like yeah. b-b- op b-b- op blah op blah. gives you a little bit more you know fu- um, variation. On the surface, when in reality, it's just different realizations of that same underlying, you know, morpheme for that error. Yeah.
1: In fact, uh, the language that I mentioned that I'm going to make val harmony, I was thinking of also doing sort of a limited constant harmony too. But uh, I gotta see, I gotta uh, experiment with that and see how
0: it sounds and see if it's what I want to do. But you know ever um, since uh, David mentioned the morpheme thing I found myself wanting to use that word more and more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh wait, which word? What word? Morpheme.
1: It's
2: it's not a word. It's not a thing. It's it's no thing. <laughs> Can not use. It's no good.
1: The the this is relevant to our discussion. Just so before we go, go back to Moro, one real quick thing. So yeah. um the, it's relevant to the vowel harmony because uh, the 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 way you write the rules for this will involve it. So how do you account for David a rule uh, phonological rules that have morpheme boundaries? Do you just ha- say that's the root boundary or what?
2: I I don't understand what you mean morpheme boundary. Like
0: yeah, when well I, it just, you know, if morphemes don't exist, then what do you, how do you split that which would be added to the root? Well, yeah. there's still roots. There's still roots and affixes, aren't there?
1: Mm, so you okay. have a symbol for
0: an affix boundary.
1: So you, do you Why not? is that you just make that that's what the plus sign means now?
2: If if you use plus signs, I always hated that notation. It never made sense to me. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, I just still only use hyphens and it's like it's but you know, it's it's they're, they're, and it's not as if the, the idea of a morpheme boundary is necessarily very informative because it's not uh, there are actually different types of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are some types of morphology, that is, there are certain affixes that are more tightly bound to the root than other types of affixes, mm-hmm. and then there will be phonological processes that will take place uh, within these more tightly bound um, roots and affixes, and those that don't, in which case, then you're distinguishing between morpheme boundaries, so you could say, like, this is a morpheme boundary A, and this is a morpheme boundary B, and mm-hmm. at that point, it's just, you know, it's just stupid, so you might as well just say, you know, this is, it has to be, it's language specific, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time you could define whatever boundary that you need for the language that you're working with. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's, that's, that's what I see.
1: All right. Well, um, anyway, going back to, uh, Moro. So we have, um, uh, David actually expanded his examples quite a bit. So, uh, can you, can you sort of read out your examples and explain a little bit what's going on?
2: Sure. Right. I'll, I'll stick with the, uh, examples that are harmonic and then i'll uh, i'll talk about the other one afterwards um so in Moro, you have these six vowels and they're broken into high like high low pairs mm-hmm. so the high vowels are e uh, and that middle vowel is just a pure schwa uh-huh. and then the, the low vowels are e a o um, mm-hmm. and so the it actually if you look you know at the chart um, a schwa is going to be higher than an ah, but we usually don't think of it that way because we think a schwa is kind of reduced, little uh, mm-hmm. nothing vowels. But in this case, uh, they're pairs. So e is the high version of a, and vice versa. Uh, U is the high version of o, and then e uh is the high version of ah.
1: Yeah, and, um, and well, right. I want I want to say right there. That's one reason I want you. I think people should draw a uh, a, um, uh, a the the actual matrix. Uh the right, sneaker right. feature matrix is you will look at things and you will see a place like with the Schwa where you can fudge a feature and make it not its standard value and still make sense.
2: Yeah, or it's like where it's one of those things where it just makes sense given the system that yeah. Schwa is like It patterns with these high vowels.
1: Yeah, it's just like,
2: like for a language like English, you know, it doesn't make any sense at all, but that's because, you know, it's a different vowel inventory.
1: Yeah. It's it's just like, uh, ah, is is sometimes back, but sometimes it's not. Uh, Right. So it's just, uh, the, the, there's a lot of fudging you can do actually with the distinctive features in the vowels, which is, you know, another reason why when you're looking at distinctive features, that's something you have to, Uh, be careful about and not necessarily assume that you want to take the canonical features that are on whatever standard chart you're looking at. Right.
2: Uh, Okay, so back to Moro. Moro is a Niger-Kordofanian language um, which is described, I think, in the same tradition that a lot of the Bantu languages we're used to are described in. So it has uh, noun classes that are reflected in the first uh, consonant, or lack thereof, of the root, um, and it has things that are very similar to other languages you will have looked at. Um, so, it's kind of difficult or odd to think of this language as having case, but I think um, I, I think that it really does have case, or at least something you'd call case. Mm-hmm. Either that or if you just want to call it, well, it's just an affix that has a, a local value or whatever. That's what it has. So, uh, we have um, two words here. One is going to be a high vowel word, and one is a low vowel word. We have uji, which is man, and etam, that's neck, all right? And so there's a particular prefix or uh, that uh, I, I call a, a case prefix that means inside of something. It actually has two different cases that mean inside of something, but there are two different types of inside. It's pretty cool. But... Um, this prefix is uh, when it's added to a word that begins with a vowel, which is why I chose these examples. It has a k in it, and it begins with either a high e or a non-high a. So, mm-hmm. uji man in the man is ikuji, and then we have itam which is neck, and in the neck is eketam. Um mm-hmm. Then we have a third one, and this is a really interesting. It's a it's an instrumental case. Um, but what it does is it takes the thematic consonant of the class and adds it after the the stem, and then adds uh, the central vowel, whether it's high or low. Uh, I am pretty sure that for neck that the the characteristic vowel is y is a ya, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So this might not be correct. Uh, it might be another consonant, but whatever it is, it's going to be some sort of consonant. So for uji, we have ujiga. With a, and that's by the man, that's with a schwa, and with itam we have etamaya, with mm-hmm. an ah, and that's kind of like with the neck or something. Um, and so all of those are perfectly harmonic. Um, then at the same time, you have these other local cases, uh, which they're clearly cases and not postpositions, which the language also does have, because nothing can come in between these two things. Uh, and they form a cohesive unit, in that there's only one tense phrase, there's only one tense syllable. I'm sorry, one stressed syllable. But um, they are completely opaque to harmony. So uh, we have with the, the neck, if you wanted to say on the neck or just like stuck to it, you'd say tamnano, uh, And then for on the man, you'd say ujinano. So it wouldn't be ujinunu, which is what you'd expect if this was going to completely obey to the harmony. It's just ujinano. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. So it's uh, one of those bizarre counterexamples that just uh, there are a couple of cases like this. The other inside case, which is actually exactly the same except without the n, so ujiano and tamano means inside, and they uh, and they both have that same ano in them that doesn't change.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's a, a that's a, a, an interesting thing. So the I think one thing that I was missing actually was the the idea of these irregularities. And I think I'm going to have to uh rethink some things when I when I get down to uh uh working on my own language again. But uh that's yeah. um, uh now do people have any idea how this may have occurred? Maybe these 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 cases um got fused to the noun after vowel harmony historical changes had occurred or what? I, I
2: assume so. It's mm-hmm. clear that there is not as much attachment between these uh suffixes as there is with the other ones. I mean even though they do form a phonological unit, they're not as clearly connected as like uh the, the prefixed ones, like uh, ikuji. Um and so uh but then you know they're at the same time they're more inherent or I guess more uh, native than a lot of the post ad positions which they've actually borrowed like directly from Arabic and other languages. And so you can tell that they're not the same. Um, but it, it's clear like they don't attach as well. So it's yeah. kind of like if you think about um, the nes uh, suffix in English, how you can add it to anything. Suddenness, stupidness. Trickiness. It's just, yeah, it just gets glommed on to whatever. Yeah. Um, huh. Yeah. And the same kind of thing happens with the uh, nano. So, like, uh, for example, you can't see this written, but um, what I have written here, and this actually comes into another thing, a little faster of Moro that I wanted to mention, it's, um, it actually, there's a schwa in between the M and the N, so it's Um and that's really just a phonological artifact, because um, one of the other interesting things about Moro is it has this six vowel system, where schwa is a full vowel, but it also has a reduced schwa, which sounds exactly <laughs> the same. Um, so it's like sometimes there's just a schwa in there, and it's just a schwa, uh, and so that's uh, and it's a completely non-harmonic because that's all it is. Um, and so that's I think just a byproduct of you know just a historical change and speaker kind of error and needing a schwa in certain places. Um, and that's another thing that can uh, complicate systems. that I wanted to mention, which is like historical sound changes. You can have a more or less pristine vowel harmony system at some time in the past
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and maybe even have historical changes that produce this pristine vowel harmony system for a time. But then uh, as you know, languages is going to change no matter what, so there could be processes which um, destroy the way certain words are pronounced or certain affixes come out, uh, which may in fact just destroy harmony um, mm-hmm. in certain parts or in certain spots and produce disharmonic roots or uh, just words where it's like, Oh, you just have to memorize that the uh, vowel harmony doesn't apply for this word. And it's like, why? Well, the only answer is in history.
0: Mm-hmm. It is that way because it is that way. And it was that way. See history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, works. Yep.
1: Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's an interesting bit you can uh, sort of play with is, you know, Make your vowel harmony system and then introduce some change that breaks it. Yeah. In certain situations so that it's not, um, at, at least if you're aiming for naturalism, so that it's not right. something perfectly regular, uh, because, you know, even Turkish isn't perfectly regular in this, which is, which is interesting because everybody always says, Oh, Turkish is so regular. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you wish. Just wait till you hear somebody pronounce it, then
0: say it's that regular. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. So we've got a few more. Do we want to do all of our um little things here, or um... I'm I'm just not touch on them? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not
2: sure. Uh, I mean, Finnish is probably a pretty easy one to do. It's kind of just like a maybe just a couple of things. Uh, and then Mongolian is really strange, so you should all look at it. Yeah. Uh, especially when you throw in the way things are spelled with the romanization, which is just a mess. I don't know who came up with that nightmare. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, it's I, I, let's just bring up finish really uh, just for mm-hmm. just for a second. It's almost identical to Turkish. Uh, it's also an eight vowel system. It's just that instead of having that high back unrounded vowel, it has a low front unrounded vowel. So it's a ah, as opposed to uh. And that actually ends up crucially breaking the system. And so what you get with uh, Finnish is you just have back harmony. You don't have rounding harmony at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what they teach you Finnish, they say there's two different sets of vowels. There are front vowels and there are back vowels. But it just so happens there are two vowels that go into both systems. Uh, or actually it's their fronted vowels and regular vowels. Mm-hmm. So the regular vowels are our, you know, our standard a, e, e, o, u. And then the fronted vowels are a, e, 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 e. Uh, huh. and, and then they say basically a word can only have vowels from one group. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that means, if you compare this to Turkish, you will see words that look completely wrong if you're, if you're thinking of Turkish's vowel harmony system and then vice versa. Turkish's words will look completely wrong in Finnish's system. Um, so let me, uh, let me, let me see one that would, uh, exemplify this. Uh, actually, um, we have a word, uh, that just by itself exemplifies it. So the word for wind in Finnish is tu. I'm sorry, no, no aspiration. I think, Tuli. Mm-hmm. so it's got a, a high back rounded vowel and then an, uh, high front unrounded vowel. Uh, this is something that would be considered disharmonic in Turkish but it's perfectly fine in Finnish, um, and then what's interesting is that it gets uh, uh, a vowel harmonic suffix. So, like if you're going to do it the partitive singular, uh, tu, tuli becomes tulta with mm-hmm. a with a back low vowel.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, in in Turkish, that should have been um, an o. You would be expecting an o. So bear that in mind. Now, for its partner, we have mm-hmm. a word like sound ani. Uh, has, it's kind of like our word, Annie, but with a longer a uh, and none of that uh, raising that we get in ours. When it gets that same T-A suffix, it becomes "anta." ta So it basically gets a copy of the vowel it already has. And so the distinction in the low vowels is between a ah and a ah, as opposed to like a ah and e. Eh, and mm-hmm. with no, and o and ur don't even participate. In fact, neither does e. Eh. It has its own little separate uh, Kind of landing zone, as it were.
1: So I'm st- I'm kind of still confused by if there's back harmony, then how is there an E in Turi?
2: Oh yeah, it's because it's neutral. So this is what happens.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, so it's a
2: right. So how, how can you say this? Because um, the 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 it's almost like uh, what happened in the history of, of Finnish is that these back rounded vowels fronted sometimes in the presence. No, that doesn't make any sense. No, it wouldn't do that. <laughs> now that I'm thinking, no, I wouldn't do that at all. Um, it's almost just like, uh, rather than having, say, like here are your back vowels and here are your front vowels, it's more like here are your regular vowels, uh, the ones that you expect, so the I, E, O, U, and here are some special fronted vowels. But mm-hmm. it just so happens that E and E work with those vowels as well. Okay. So, it's, so, so the surprising thing actually isn't that you have E with U. The surprising thing is that you have E with U. But then that's explained by the fact that it doesn't break the rest of the fronted vowel rule. And so, these are kind of like um, uh, a biverbular or bival- bivocalic. There we go. They, they swing both ways, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can... They can participate in the regular set and they can participate in the front set um, while at the same time passing on features of whatever came before it. And so you'll see this actually in longer finished words where you'll have a whole bunch of like like unquestionably back vowels followed by e, followed by a suffix. But it doesn't look to like uh, it doesn't get any information from that e. Um, Hmm. Even though it could participate in, like, a front uh, harmony system, which it does in other languages, like Turkish, it doesn't in this one. So it actually doesn't pass on any information. It just passes through whatever was before it.
1: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So that's how you can get... uh, Let me see if there are any longer words. Um, Ah, here's the perfect one. So, uh, west. I have these two examples. There's west and then further west. So you have lanema. And so... Uh, what happens is that middle vowel, e, eh, is neutral. Mm-hmm. So it could very well make the next one um, front or back. But what it does is it passes on the front feature of the first vowel, and then it keeps on just passing it uh, to whatever is added to it.
1: Oh, so it's... Uh, that's Okay, so this is actually a case where um, our distinctive feature chart would actually not will really uh, lead you in the direction of making a vowel harmony system like this. I think because you, you, you kind of have a, I want to say like, a eh is always like a Schrodinger vowel. It's, it's like, it's, or not even like that, but it, it has like both features simultaneously. Yes, And it except. can carry either feature. Right. And pass along either feature, but Phonetically, it stays the same.
2: Yes, but uh, and I'll say this: if a word in Finnish has entirely composed of either e or e, it will generally take front vowel suffixes. Okay. Uh, I was trying to think of an example word of of uh, Finnish, but it's kind of uh, the Finnish words I can always come up with are sauna and sample. <laughs> uh,
1: By the way, I want to say one thing. One yeah. thing that um, whenever I look at Finnish in, and I think of trying to pronounce it, always it's always hard to put the the "ass" sound in positions that Finnish has it in.
2: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: it's, you know, it, this is just because anglophone brains, but anyway, it really helps if
2: you listen to Finnish uh, music, mm. uh, and for, in particular power metal. I'm going to give a shout out to Sonata Arctica and Nightwish. Um, uh, and I'll go ahead and say Stradivarius in, in particular. Uh, if you listen to them, their live concerts, and you hear them speaking in between, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> that's your secret. Uh, that's that's your my secret, secret, man. That's that's my Finnish secret. Uh,
1: okay.
2: Anyway, that's that, that's a good one. I think Turkish. I'm sorry. I think Finnish is probably going to be one that's familiar to uh, a lot of conlangers because uh, uh, Tolkien was notoriously enamored of Finnish. Uh, that yeah. one in Welsh, I think it was. And um, and so uh, as a result, I think a lot of conlangers look, have yeah, looked Finnish. Anyway, that's what's going on, on with this one.
1: Yeah, uh, Quenya is supposedly based on Finnish, but I don't. It doesn't have crazy vowel harmony like this, does it? It doesn't. It just has a lot of double Ls. <laughs> yeah. But they're um, not the Welsh double L. They're
2: just uh, <laughs> no, they're not. They're the Finnish double L. <laughs> it's,
1: the, it's a. It's just a geminate. It. Um, it's not like the Welsh the sa. Um, so. Yeah. Let's go ahead. The last uh, language we have actually uh, presented here is Mongolian. And yeah. so you have I, U, U, E, O, O, A. That's yeah, and then long, long yeah, and short variants. Uh, so and, it's, okay, it's, long and short it's, variants. It's, so it's
2: 14 language. vowels, but the the length doesn't play any part in the harmony, so I
1: left it out. Mm, okay. And the 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 features... You you can hear you have uh, both quote unquote tense and lax vowels here. So you have the ATR it participates and rounding is also an agreement feature. Um, so why don't you why don't you uh, lead us through these these uh, examples? You have
2: household okay. org. yeah yeah okay this one's this is a mess. It's really difficult. Uh, so what happens is this is a seven vowel system. But it's actually ATR harmony. And so it's a seven vowel system with one neutral vowel. And that neutral vowel is E. And so, yeah. So the thing is, huh. like, um, its ATR vowels are U, E, and O, which is a really bizarre combination of vowels. Um, and then it's minus, uh, those are its plus ATR vowels. And its minus ATR vowels are U, O, and A. So, like, you so you have this word, like, you know, Ur. Um, which is household, I guess, and then is by a household, and then of a household would be They all they have these uh, the pure o and u. Whereas if you have another word that has like the the, the minus a t r one, so actually, uh, yeah, okay. So they have Oh my god! You know, I got a friend of mine who's doing. He's at the Peace Corps. He's in Mongolia right now. He's a conlanger. Um, i can 't wait for him to come back because I want to hear how the heck these things are pronounced uh, but this ends this this word apparently ends in a voiced um, lateral fricative So,
1: ha- uh,
2: yeah yeah that's that's
1: yeah, Her- Dar-
2: and then yeah. Yeah, by a century <laughs> so it was so it was or for the other one and ar for this one and then um I uh and then I if you add the genitive that, the genitive before was a pure un. Uh this time it's it, it's kind of that one uh um, minus ATR version. Uh but um the so the the, the funny thing is this is uh, the reason I wanted to bring this one up, it's interesting. First of all, uh E is neutral, so it just uh, harmony passes through it. However, um, there is a separate rounding harmony that applies only to low vowels. So we have this um, this instrumental suffix can show up as ar, or, ar, with the, with the minus ATR1, or er, <laughs> de- depending on what it is. Um, uh, I just... Uh, yeah, okay, so this and so this is it, it really bends your mind after you've been looking at so many things that are back and front or just normal ATR uh, systems and I consider normal ATR systems would be the African ATR systems. So uh, working with or uh, or is by household so it's just a pure O in both of them. Now then I added this I just created this word or household because uh, it would get the U because it has an O in it. Um, I want to I want to read to you, I found this on a website. It has this suffix which comes out as either soon or sun, depending on, you know, whether it's added to a plus or minus H E R word. And it says for the function of this suffix to form nouns which hardly differ from their original meaning. Huh. <laughs> well, that's a nice descriptor. <laughs> that is the definition of this suffix. <laughs> And so I figure if or is household, then or soon is household. Whatever, I'll, I'll obey this website. By the way, the two examples they give: there's kui, which is navel; kui soon, which is navel. Okay.
1: Yeah. So. In other words, using some invented data. But anyway.
2: Okay, no, no, no. Okay, but then the, this is the other example they give: chan, that's white; Cha sun, that's paper.
1: <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> So there's, there's, there's just like, uh, uh, it means whatever you want it to mean.
2: It means, and right now I want it to just mean exactly the same thing as what it meant. Okay, so then we have orhsun, which means household. And then if you add the um, instrumental suffix to that, it becomes orsuner, by a household. And the reason that it's er and not ar is because the previous vowel is u, which is plus A-T-R. And so you have to add a plus A-T-R vowel, which is er. The only other plus A-T-R vowel is o, and you usually get that one because a previous O will round any low vowel that's later on in the word unless there is a high rounded vowel after it somewhere in the word, and it breaks the rounding <laughs> harmony.
1: Yeah. Okay, so, so the, we're, we're, we can talk about um, two things that – two kinds of sort of special vowels then that can affect – you can either have a neutral vowel that passes on whatever feature it just the it's it's like a carrier the feature passes through it but doesn't it get expressed on it right or, or you yeah. can have these cases where you have a rule where a particular vowel blocks the previous vowel from affecting anything else
2: yeah and this one doesn't even make any sense because <laughs> cuz they're both a, a, they're both plus yeah, round yeah they're it's a rounded vowel that's breaking rounding harmony <laughs>
1: so so there has to be some historical explanation there has to, to be. this. But there has to be. This is, this is, it is really weird. <laughs> yeah, I have,
2: I have no idea, though. Mongolian is a fascinating language, by the way. Uh, I, I really recommend you give it a look if you can find resources on it. Because, like, it, it's great. Because this language, they will, they will tell you. Like, if you're just looking at words, they say, this is how it's pronounced now. This is how it was pronounced in the time of Genghis Khan. They say that everywhere. You just learn, and this is, of course, the way it was in the time of Genghis Khan. It's just something <laughs> to
1: learn. Uh, wonderful, wonderful, bizarre. Uh, now, of course, you, you you mentioned that the uh, the e is is completely neutral, and you have uh, right. examples of the accusative, which is has suffix e. So orhi, man, that's hard. You have a a uvular followed by uh, e. Orhi, orhi,
0: haruzi.
1: <laughs> Ha- ha-
0: Sounds like by Klingon the, or something.
2: <laughs> by the way, if you want to rename this podcast, there's your word. Ha- Hello, and welcome to
1: ha- Harvi. <laughs>
2: I hope somebody who speaks like Mongolian natively is listening to this and laughing at us. If I brought you even a little bit of
1: joy, I'd die happy man.
0: Your pronunciation sounds like a sneeze and a and a and a yawn or a cough. I'm like not sure if we're back.
1: even getting the the second vowel right. It's just it's no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's difficult to get that the that book vowel in that position. Oh yeah. Now that's the funny thing. we're having to spend so much time trying to get these
2: consonants right that you know forget the vowels even though we're talking <laughs> about vowel harmony <laughs> <Lord>.
1: <laughs> uh, so um and you list two of your own conlangs that uh, we've mentioned before on the on what was it episode seventy was the the the, the um yeah. uh pitfalls with frameworks mm-hmm I don't know if we really need to uh, go into those again, but... Uh, I, didn't,
2: I, I didn't want to go into them. I just wanted to mention, like, if you want to see a, a good example of a vowel harmony language, I think my language greater, at least if you look at the, the vowel harmony section, I think it's done well, mm-hmm. um, even though it has some bizarre contrast in the low vowels. Usually, that's actually a place where ATR contrasts break down is in the low vowels. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's kind of where these neutral vowels will come from. There used to be a distinction. It's just not anymore because it's so hard yeah. to distinguish. And then mm-hmm. if you want to see a bad one, you know, look at Giler.
1: We've talked about, about a, that one. Uh, no offense, David, but no. a horrific example is Giler with the <laughs> 14 underspecified vowels.
2: That's it's, – it's, it's linguistics' fault, but they won't take I, the blame for it. It's jerks.
0: Uh, I, I Googled uh, what was the vowel harmony conlang, and I found actually uh, – Rangyayo, um, it says that that was uh, featured on ConLangry number 5, and that has vowel harmony. What was that? Who's it by? Um, It says, let me see, it looks like it's by Desmond. Rangyayo,
1: um, uh, we've uh,
0: featured that one. Uh, I don't yes, remember uh, having it having vowel harmony. Yep, if you go to, that's the, uh, where did, did it get posted here? Yeah, so that's the topic, the thread where he says it was featured on there. And then here's the page this page here, the verbs one. I just went to the verbs one, and then uh, f- uh, Control-F searched for harmony, and it brings you to the vowel harmony section where there's a strong vowel harmony uh, and they talk about it. it I'm not sure. I haven't it, really read it. I'll just Google it. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to load, load it. it. It's not loading. Hmm.
1: Yeah. And um, I think it's because you guys are, are going nuts on Skype. I think it's like taking way more network resources than it should
0: yeah that's weird um,
1: no i because i heard it from you too
0: sorry yeah and then it says that this other one uh tumata is uh, employs vowel harmony based on frontness that's from the common wikia by hmm i not sure. I don't know. i'll post them on the show notes so you can see them but <laughs> anyway
1: i i i hope this is this has been a uh, an instructive episode and um i think uh by showing you these different uh languages, uh we can we can uh uh particularly um talking about the these different natural languages that have vowel harmony, we can we've given you an idea of ways that you can construct your own uh vowel harmony system just by, you know, choosing which features you want to alternate or even going crazy Finnish land where things don't make sense.
0: Um that should be the words of wisdom or the quote for this crazy Finnish land where things don't make sense. <laughs> but uh, but
1: uh, I, I I hope that uh, will um, will help conlangers to uh, make their own sort of vowel harmony systems if they're inclined to do that in their next language. I'm, it's Like I said, it's something that I'm thinking about and this episode, just doing it, uh, and talking to David about it, who knows more about it than I, have, I do, has given me a few ideas about things that I can uh, mess with. So I am going to mess with that in the future. So I think we can move on to feedback. No final thoughts or anything?
2: Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's fine. Sorry, I'm actually looking at this. on. Oh, yeah, go oh, for it.
1: Okay. All right. So uh, somebody... Uh, here, read Greek better than me, because there's a, a Greek thing. But anyway, it means uh, greetings, friends.
2: Let's, let's, let's see. Let's see. I want to say.
1: Chairete o... Hairete. Pile?
2: Shouldn't that be? Chairete o hairete
1: Yeah, that's what, I, that, that's what it looks like to me. Chairete o Well,
2: unless that's pronounced the modern Greek way, in which case it's just eh. Chairete o Uh, eh, well, I don't know. You tell us.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. But uh, anyway, it, uh, it says, over at the Conlangers Group on Deven Art, we're hosting a, this little thing called Nako Rimo. Basically, participants have until, he said, until day, which wh- it's until November 31st to write up a 200-word passage in one of their conlangs. It's not a translation challenge, but rather a bona fide composition challenge. I thought some of the Con listeners would be interested in participating. Uh it's never too late to sign up and anybody who wants to do so uh to can do so at conlangers uh, uh, I'll have the this uh full email in the show notes and you can you can click the thing. Um that's great. Um sort of I guess it's a a Con Langers um answer to um Nano the National Novel Writing Month, uh, month, but it's just two hundred words. It's not fifty thousand words, so, uh, <laughs> which, which, it makes sense for it to be a little bit less for a Lang because you may have to start like coining words and uh, making new grammar and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll be necessarily participating in this month. Mm, it's a cool yeah. thing to have running.
2: Yeah, I was thinking of actually participating in Nano Remo National Novel Reading Month. See if I actually read a book in a month. God, it takes me so long to
1: read. Ah, uh,
2: yeah. <sighs> I'm a terrible reader. Too slow. Yep. Anyway,
1: uh, I'm the same way. I, I, uh, longer books I just take forever to 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 read. Unless I get really, really interested in them. So, uh, anyway, so that's the show, I guess. Oh. How about, uh, we. That's very positive to... ending.
0: That's the show, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. Well, 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 maybe we could pick things up a little bit. Mike, what are your final words of wisdom?
0: Um, Words was pretty much the same, just as always. Um, you know, try new things. Um, if you've never heard of it before, that's fine. I know it's. I always say that, but um, with vowel harmony, you know, try if you want to have vowel harmony throughout the whole word, throughout just from the most recent um, vowel in there, or if you want to try consonant assimilation, or I mean, try crazy things. Go go nuts because it's your own creation and. If you go forth with confidence, then you can tell everybody else they're wrong, even if you have no idea what you're doing, because you're the maker. So you can make those calls as you see fit. And if it's different, just say it doesn't follow the rule. But try new things, don't be afraid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's another thing that I'm going to, uh, I, I want to do an episode on, but that, I'll save that discussion for later. So, and so, David, what do you have?
2: Uh, Mainly, I just wanted to ask if anybody has a uh, language where they've uh, put in place a Valharmony system, uh, put it in the comments, because um, I couldn't think of any off the top of my head, Uh, but of course there are going to be hundreds, because basically any time one of these topics comes up in one of the various conlanging forums, uh, uh, usually there are like a ton of projects that are started right then. Not all of them are carried through, but then a lot of them are, so... You know, I wanted to see if, if, if there were any others. Um, it's because I think vowel harmony is a neat feature, uh, and, and I like to see lots of it.
0: Before we, uh, right. before we close up, I tried once to do vowel harmony, but I fell into the trap of where I'm like, oh, well, if it's front and back, then all the words in the word, all the vowels in the word, have to be front or front or back. And I, um, uh,
1: I, I did, um, I, I did the same thing uh, with a vowel harmony system. I tried back with uh specky uh which ended up having uh, rounding harmony only rounding harmony and it's kind of ended up kind of boring and it also ended up with weird um i don't know very strange sounding words which is not always a bad thing but uh yes be not afraid trying to so with all that said i'm going to say happy con Langry. thank you for listening to con Langry. You can find our archives and show notes at ConLangery.com. You can send questions, comments, or topic or featured language suggestions to ConLangery at gmail.com. To submit a ConLang or NatLang greeting for the top of the show, see our Contribute page for details. Webspace for ConLangery is provided by the Language Creation Society, and our theme music is by Null Device. Okay, I hear you now. Uh, um. Okay, David. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, Dude, David, I can tell the difference between actual Skype problems and you pretending they're Skype boo!
2: problems. Hey. George, listen. I agreed to interview you. I'm not going to interview your fanboy. All right.
1: <laughs> I love Halloween. I, Unfortunately, I didn't get to do anything.
2: Yeah, I, it's it's the holiday that I I dread every single year, and I just can't wait till it's gone.
1: Why do you not like children?
2: Well, no, but um, it, that actually has nothing to do with it. Uh, I, oh, actually, it's not just for kids. No, that's part of the problem. Um, if it were just for kids, I wouldn't have to deal with it anymore. A tiny little tip pass is gonna. just got run back ninety-eight yards for a touchdown. Ah, can you believe it? That's Michael Vick. I'm starting right there. that just did that. I mean, it's not his fault. It's a receiver's fault. Flag. No, He oh totally God. should have been there. Please be roughing the passer or something. Or, or I was like. thinking the exact same thing. And he was in that. Is this somebody doing an imitation of me typing?
1: Okay. Do you guys hear that?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a siren, police siren.
1: Yeah, state song. Yeah, you know your
2: state song. You yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every morning you wake up and sing the state song and you pledge the state flag. You don't
1: do that. The closest thing the closest thing we have to a state song is Country Roads, which which doesn't um, which doesn't mention coal, and it wasn't, and also mentions some places that are not actually in west virginia the guy wrote it never um, been
2: to west virginia
1: that's true <laughs> but every west virginian knows that song maybe that's why I, I have to say david is kind of cute take that coming from the straight guy that's what i'm saying
0: you just, isn't that kind of like someone who doesn't know wine at all saying this wine is really good yeah yeah
2: you know what you just got a little straight eye for the queer guy there bam that the uh, you know the lgbtq community should really be in favor of basketball it's got the word basket right in it.
0: Okay, go on. Okay. No, that's it. I mean, it's like, like so a basket. Basket like basket weaving, like I don't know if that would be more for the L's or the G's or the Q's are just confused. God. The Longaberger Oh L- my god. Wait, that's a that's a
2: that's a building. Yeah. <laughs> Those are little windows. Oh, my God. Your mind's That's, just been blown. That is brilliant. No, but it's like you have a little veranda that you can walk out walk on. Oh that is brilliant. Listen, I know it's not related to anything, but I beg you, please put this Wikipedia page. Just take the link and put it in the show notes. I want everybody to come and see this. It's amazing.
0: Orange. orange. That's a really it Sounds like good the train that goes through orange. <laughs> well, anyway. One of these
2: days I'm going to, you know, just totally just blow the joke and tell you that this entire time I've actually been like a 13-year-old girl from, like, Rancho Cucamonga. That's the joke. Now, I was thinking of installing a dog barking machine. Um... This would be to simulate dog barking noise so that when actual dogs bark outside in the middle of the night, it doesn't wake me up. I think it is time to start the show. I think so.